Christmas. Uh, we've gone there, we went there this morning, we're there tonight, and I think there are two lists, at least two lists involved at Christmas. There's the gift list and the wish list. Uh, there's always a gift list and a wish list. And uh, we are in this series on friendship, and we've thought about things like what is friendship, uh, why is friendship important, and we've thought about some of the how questions. How do we make friends? How do we uh, maintain friends? And uh, those sorts of questions. How do we go deeper with our friends? But tonight, I think we're going to spend some time thinking a little bit more about who. About who are going to be our friends? Who are we going to be friends with? And it seems to me that thinking of friendship in some way like a gift is going to help us. Uh, friendship is a gift we both give and receive. Uh, and I think sometimes when we think about that, we, we think about friendship a bit like a menu. One, one of our team. Uh, she or gives it away. Uh, she loves tapas, and she loves tapas because it's a bit of this and a bit of that. And is that how we're to think of friendship? Uh, I don't know if you, you're thinking here tonight. And you think, what do I need? Is it more friends, different friends, uh, deeper friendship? What are you looking for 
of the venue of friendship. Uh, and I, I think in some ways, uh, tonight is going to be a bit like um, panning for gold. Uh, I suspect not everything I have to say tonight will directly help you, but I do hope that in amongst everything tonight, you do find some things uh, that you can take from Jesus to your life uh, that will help you grow in your love for him and help you give and receive the gift of friendship. So, so hold on and listen in. Uh, where do we start? Uh, someone gave me an article uh, last week, week before, uh, which is about making friends. And one of the people in the, in the article, uh, Sarah Seiger, she said, I always recommend people start with having a healthy relationship with themselves before they try to make friends with others. People have to feel confident, worthy, and good enough by themselves without needing anyone else to validate them. Now, I think that there's some uh, healthy, there's some health in that, uh, which means that, does that mean this is our main uh, idea to start off with? Before who? Start with you. <laughs> I think as Christians we can do better than that. I think what Philippians 4 shows us is before them, start with him. Uh, before them, start with him. Before we think about the who we're going to make friends with, let's start about, let's start with the who, uh, with him. Uh, and there's some amazing verses in uh, Philippians 4 which, which lift our eyes and remind us what sort of relationship we have with God himself. It starts there in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Can you if you're a Christian here tonight, there's always a reason to rejoice tonight. Uh, we receive from God forgiveness and reconciliation. But it's not just that we've received those, those things. In receiving them, we've received those are, uh, things so that describe these, us being brought back into friendship with Jesus himself. Rejoice always. Uh, he's with us, we are with him by his spirit. Do not be anxious uh, about uh, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Rejoice always and, and pray that we can take all our requests, all our burdens to him. And as we do that, we, get, we give them to someone who knows us and cares for us. Uh, and that gives us a sort of, uh, oh, what does Paul say in verse 7? Uh, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is sort of relationship we're to start with, rejoicing always, uh, taking everything to God in prayer. And what's the result? We are given a sort of peace that passes all understanding. Not that we always feel right. But below all, there's a sense of peace. And in doing all these, what does Paul say in verse 12? I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every and all situations. He says, as we think about the right things, see that whatever is noble, whatever is good, think about these things. And as we seek to do God's will, whatever you've learned or heard from me, verse 9, put them into practice, the peace of God will be with you. He seems to be saying that you won't always have everything you want. And that includes friendship. You won't always have the, the friendships and the relationships you think you need. But if you're rejoicing always and, and taking everything to God and, and thinking about him and trying to live his way, in amongst that, you, you will be starting from a place of contentment. The contentment in what God is doing with you, what you have. God is. And, and look, that's beyond me. Um, I suspect it's beyond you too to find that sort of contentment in 
Some pretty difficult situations, but look at verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That's how we do these things, through him who strengthens us, by his spirit enabling us and refreshing us. So before we start to think about them and the who we're going to be friends with, let's start with him, who he is and who we are in him. And that allows us to be better friends with other people. I've tried to uh, draw uh, a diagram to kind of reflect that. Uh, as, we, um, as we get our relationship right or better with God, as we rejoice and pray and think and do, then we get that sense of peace and contentment. And it's from there that we start to think about who. It's from that position, that place of security, that we can start to think about who we're going to give the gift of friendship to and receive it from. And it also gives us our priority, I guess. Our priority is first friendship with God. And we're going to dig uh, quite a bit more into what friendship with Jesus can look like uh, in two weeks' time. So that's coming. So I'm not going to say any more about that now. But let's just remember to start with him before we get to them. But the next big idea tonight is this. Uh, let's think about what it is to have a healthy gift list. If we can think about friendship as uh, giving and receiving of gifts, gift of friendship, let's start with what a healthy gift list looks like. Now at Christmas, the people on your gift list, they don't all receive the same level of gift, do they? Uh, we've all got limited resources and people get bigger and smaller presents, don't they? Depending on usually your level of intimacy and connection with them. And there's something similar to that with friendship. We don't, we don't give all the people that are our friends the same amount of us, the same amount of time and energy. So. Who is going to be on our wish, on our gift list, uh, on our gift list when it comes to friendship? Uh, and I think this is the first tip: mix it up, uh, mix up. I think this is a principle we see in the Bible in Jesus' life. Uh, and as we think about the who, we need to think about mixing it up. People from every different kind of age and stage, from different backgrounds, uh, social, uh, educational, uh, different nationalities, all kinds of things. Uh, single and married, and then mixing in different combinations as well, one-to-ones, twos and threes and groups. Because if we do that, actually we're giving the gift of friendship in all kinds of different ways that are valuable to different people. And there's huge benefits. When we have mixed groups of friendships, it, it undoes prejudice and it adds wisdom. I remember going to a church, a smaller church when we lived up in Derbyshire, and we got there, and it's like there's no one else really at my age and stage at the time. I was in my 20s. And I looked around, but as I got to know, there was a guy there. He was maybe 15 years older than me. And he became a great friend. And I learned, I felt anyway, that I learned so much from him. Um, he was such a blessing to me. But a completely different background, different occupation. But that's the value of, having, of mixing it up on our friendship gift list. It corrects the effects of tribalism too. And isn't that so important for a time such as these? One of my favourite stories, I don't know if I've shared this before, is the story of this guy. This is Daryl Davis. I don't know if any of you have heard of him. Uh, he's a musician, and back in 1983, he walked into the Silver Dollar Lounge in Frederick, uh, Maryland, uh, for a country gig. Uh, and um, as he played afterwards, a, a guy, 15 years older than him, came to talk to him. And, Daryl was the only black guy in the whole uh, in the whole bar, 
Alan, they were talking, and uh, this older guy said he'd never seen a black guy play Jerry Lee Lewis like this. Couldn't believe it. Donald Davis was more curious than offended, so asked to find out more. And he explained to the older guy that Jerry Lee Lewis was influenced by the same black boogie woogie and blues piano players as I was, as David. And he didn't believe me. And then I told him that Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis is a good friend of mine. And he didn't believe that either, but he was fascinated. And so they sat down for a drink. And he said, this older guy, you know, this is the first time I ever sat down and had a drink with a black person. Daryl says, I was instantly curious and thought, what's going on here? And I asked him why. He didn't answer at first, but eventually he admitted he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And the article about Daryl Davis says that he became enmeshed in perhaps one of the most unusual side hustles in, in the world. He befriended over and over again members of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, and as he got to know them, it says that these long conversations untangled a knot of hatred that had built up and existed for years. As many of them became his close personal friends. That's the value of, of mixing it up when it comes to our friendship gift bits. Uh, next concept is this. Let's think about uh, bonds and bridges. Now, there are some people that when we think about friendship, we, we, it's really easy to build an, it quite a, it's almost an instant bond with them. Uh, there's that sort of give and take. They're naturally energizing. If you think about kind of friendship energy in these two classes, it's like one gives to the other and to the other, and it's all pretty equal uh, like that. And so there's that instant bond, that sort of natural uh, connection, natural affinity. But there are other people uh, where we don't naturally form a bond with them, and for those, we need to build a bridge to them. Uh, there are some people we need to build a bridge to. And then people who... Maybe the spending time with them isn't so naturally energizing. Actually, we feel like we are, rather than the give and take, it's more just, it's, it feels more one way. Uh, it feels like we're, we're giving far more than we're receiving. And I think if we're thinking about a healthy gift list when it comes to friendship, we need space for both those types of friendship. Both uh, people we bond with and people we make bridges to. And I think as we find those friendships, we'll find that we're enriched, and they are enriched. That's one of the most profound ways, actually, in which we serve other people. And that idea of mixing up and, uh, and bonds and bridges is something I think we see Jesus do. We're going to watch uh, a short video now, the team are ready to run that, of uh, Phil Knox talking about the value of having a, a, a mixed friendship group. Are you okay, guys, to play that? When I walk into a room with you,
the global Hold on a second. Kid my age. And 
there's a risk, isn't there, that our our wish list for friendship might bear some resemblance to my Christmas wish list as a ten-year-old. And there's too many on there. And there's somewhere I'm never going to connect with them. It's just not feasible or realistic. And so as we think about having a healthy wish list uh, for our friendship, we need to think, look, are we hoping for, for just too many? Or, or too many at, at too close a level of intimacy? We've said, haven't we, that there just isn't time to be as close friends with as many people as we might like. There's um, a study done recently, uh, and I don't know, I'll take it at face value. Uh, it says that to make uh, a casual friend, over nine weeks, you need to spend 30 hours together. That's the sort of level of friendship that it would take to get on to a Christmas list. To become friends with someone, over nine weeks, they say you need to spend 50 hours together. Good friends, over nine weeks, 140 hours. And best friends, 300 hours over nine weeks together to build that level of friendship. Now, whether that's exactly right or not, it suggests, doesn't it, that it's just not reasonable to hope for, to wish for, loads of really close friends. There just isn't time. We are creatures with limited time and resources. And that's made more complicated because the word as friend, as we've seen, is complicated. Sometimes, actually, if I look around and people I know, I do have more friends than I realise. I just haven't been calling them friends. Uh, sometimes some of those friends are actually closer to me than I realise. Um, but it helps to understand what I've already got. To guard against being disappointed at not having so many. I think the other thing that I've come across is that it's really easy in any social situation to look around and think, look, those people over there, they seem to have loads of friends. Uh, they, they seem to know everyone and be uh, up in each other's business all the time. Well, that's a perception thing. Most people don't have very many close friends, even if it appears otherwise. To have a health, healthy wish list, we need to be realistic about the numbers of friends that we can make at this age and stage. Uh, the other thing to watch out for, I think, in having a healthy wish list is expecting too much from and uh, there's this uh, verse in Proverbs, which, uh, Proverbs 25, verse 17, where the writer says, Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you, and they will hate you. It's just, it's quite stark on its own. But it's quite interesting, isn't it? There's wisdom in how much we expect from our friends. How demanding we are, how much intimacy we, um, we demand from them. There's a, a really fascinating uh, few verses in Galatians chapter 6. Uh, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Each one should carry their own load. Now, why are those interesting? Because... You've got, in very short space of time, verse 2 and verse 5. I think that's a fascinating thing to put next to each other. Carry each other's burdens. A bit of course, well, so stuff like that. Um, we want to be people who, who are, are considerate for each other and look out for each other's needs. But each one should carry their own load. 
but we're also meant to be people who take responsibility for ourselves. And I think that combination means that as we are thinking about friends and what we're to expect on our wish list, we're to be people who, how can I put this, we aren't expecting other people to meet all of our needs. We look out for each other's needs, and actually we take responsibility for our own emotional needs. That's why we started with Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Pray to him. Think about him. Uh, do his will. That, that's us bearing our own load. That's us going to God for him to meet all our emotional needs. And from that, I guess that's a bit like Jesus coming along. And look, his jug is way bigger than this, but it'll do. That's us being filled up over and over again with Jesus. That's just taking responsibility for God, under God, for our emotional needs. And then from that position, we can look to care for others. There is a danger uh, in uh, what the writers call emotional codependency or emotional dependency. Um, it, it can often, you know, what's that? Is that something I, I struggle with? I don't know. Um, I think one of the telltale signs that you might struggle with this is if you feel jealous if one of your friends makes good friends with someone else. Um, this is what Vaughan says, Vaughan Roberts, in his little book about friendship. He says, a healthy friendship is free and generous. Both friends are eager to include others in their activities. They are happy when one friend hits off with another person. In a, in a good friendship, we desire to see each other reach his or her full potential, developing new interests and skills. In healthy relationships, we are affected by the things our friends say and do, but our reactions are balanced. On the other hand, a dependent relationship is in growth, creating mutual stagnation and limiting personal growth. A casual remark from our friend can send us into the heights of ecstasy or the pits of grief. When a close friend moves away, it is normal for us to feel sorrow and sense of loss. But if one of the partners in a dependent relationship moves, the other is gripped with anguish, panic, and desperation. Uh, it's just something, isn't it, to make sure we've got a healthy wish list. What are we hoping for and expecting for in our friendships? I guess it's that sort of thing where if you say, I, I just can't uh, be myself without the other person, you might be at risk of being, one of the, being in an emotionally dependent relationship. If you uh, feel like you've got some great news or some terrible news and that one person isn't available, do you have other people? Because if not, they may be a risk that your wish list for friendship isn't especially healthy. I think... Um, as we think about then what to do with that, how do we bear each other's burdens and uh, but also take responsibility of ourselves? We need to find friendships, build friendships, and enhance our other friendships. Connect our friends with each other. Uh, be delighted when my best friend here meets a close friend there and they hit it off. That's the kind of attitude we're aiming for, and a healthy wish list. And all the time realizing there are reasons why some friendships just aren't going to work like we want them to. Uh, it might be because of the time limitations of one or other or both being involved. It might be because at this stage, the, 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 the life circumstances of two people just don't match up. They're free when they're not, and vice versa. So there are lots of practical reasons why we might not get everything we hope for in our friendship wish list. Uh, Rebecca McLaughlin's got a lovely line in her book on uh, friendship. Uh, it's a question, are we harnessing 
that friendship love and using it to turn us and our close friends out to love people in our path? Or are we turning all that closeness inward to reinforce our bond? Healthy gift list and a healthy wish list. That's kind of what we're building towards when we're thinking about friends. Now next week, uh, like I say, we'll talk about friendship with Jesus. We'll talk about boundaries, which I've skimmed right past. Uh, we'll talk also about friendships in church and some of the dynamics that are involved there. You're thinking, <laughs> there's going to be a lot you're going to skip over next week. You've run out of weeks. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, there's one other thing I think is worth flagging that we will talk about next week, and that's loneliness. Um, loneliness is, is a subject that could have its own series. Uh, and we'll pick up some of the, the challenges of loneliness again next week, particularly as it relates to church and friendships within church. But that does raise the, the spectre, doesn't it, that there will be times when we're just really disappointed in friendship, when we feel let down, not that anyone's done anything particularly wrong, but things just haven't worked out the way we hoped. And what do we do when our expectations aren't met like that? Well, I think... But that sadness is real, isn't it? Um, and the Bible acknowledges that. It might be because our expectations were too high. It might be just because something good never <laughs> transpired. And I guess no one is promised the best friend in life. Friendship is good, it's important, but we're not promised to find that one or two person, people, who we can really bond with at that sort of time. So what do we do in those situations? Well, let's finish on uh, Psalm 147, uh, verses 1 to 3, we read these words. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. When we are feeling disappointed, let down, it's important to know, isn't it, that God promises to heal the brokenhearted. It brings us to Jesus. We are healed. We will one day know that healing in full. But I love that second line. He binds up their wounds. It means that some of us, maybe most of us, will be walking wounded this, this week. And it's not that the wounds disappear, but Jesus comes and meets us in them, and he binds them up. And he walks with us in friendship so that we can always be rejoicing, always be praying, always be knowing him as our best friend. He binds up, uh, he binds up their wounds and he heals the broken hearted. He's the one true friend from which we can make a healthy gift list and a healthy wish list. Uh, I'm going to invite the band back up and Abby. Uh, why don't you take a moment maybe to commit something to God, something that's challenging, something comforting, or just reach out to him. As you may project and project to just my own God and just lost its connection. I just come back now. Thank you, John. We're going to respond to what you just prayed right now. We're going to come and sing a song that we might do that you can basically respond if you ever ask for it. And yes, you know, we are sinners, but uh, sin is great. His mercy is greater. And I think sad, let me just read that verse again. That Psalm 147, verse 2. He heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds.